Hi, and welcome to the Flathead Valley Community College Nature Journal, the podcast for everyone who loves nature. We're coming to you from the beautiful campus of Flathead Valley Community College at the foot of the Swan Mountain Range. I'm John Fraley, longtime instructor in wildlife conservation here at the college, and I also served 40 years with Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks. In the Nature Journal, we focus on the critters and quirks of nature found on the campus and the wide surrounding Flathead Basin. Our producer is Colin Burkhart, an employee here at the Flathead Valley Community College Library. And thanks to Susan Matter, the library director, for offering the library as our podcast home. Today, we're going to talk about some stories of wildlife encounters in the upper Flathead. And everybody's got stories about wildlife encounters, right? So I've got some I want to share with you. And the first one is one of the most interesting and scariest. It happened deep in the Great Bear Wilderness in the winter, and it has to do with a moose and its calf. Now, what were we doing in the middle of the Great Bear Wilderness in the winter? Well, first we helicopter in to Schaefer Meadows Guard Station. We did this for one decade, and then we ski these different tributaries, and we count the wildlife tracks that we find in there in the Fur Bear Tracks. So that's what we were doing in there, and we happened to be on the Scott Lake transect here, so we were about four or five miles in already skiing, and we had to, uh, we had to cross uh, the river to get over to this uh, track that goes up to the lake that we were going to. And it's, uh, it's a small lake, but it's, a, it's real flat and kind of a marshy in there, so it's great moose habitat. There's like three or four feet of snow on the ground. So we're skiing along up towards Scott Lake. It's myself, our wildlife manager, Harvey, and a biologist, Jerry, and they were up on the ridge above me. I was skiing right up the creek bottom towards the lake. And I was, I, I cut around a little bend. We were almost there. And I looked up through the willows and there was a, this beautiful little moose calf standing in the lake, right at the outlet of the lake where it narrows and comes out. And I'm watching it. And so Harvey, I hear Harvey say, do you see that moose? And I said, yeah, I'm watching. And he says, no, that moose. And I turned around behind me and there was a moose and the producer here is laughing because he doesn't, he, he knows what this must feel like. So turn around behind me and here is this cow moose with its ears down charging me all out, full out, because I was between it and its calf. And I, I had my camera, I always carried my camera right in my chest uh, um, connection there. And so I did get a snap of picture of it, and I just basically, I had cross-country skis on, and I was sort of in some willows. So I basically kind of backed up and just fell back into the willows and hoped, and it did the right thing. It ran right on by me, and then it um, went up to its calf. But I thought I was a goner, I tell you, really. I really thought I was a goner, Colin. And, you know, you've had a couple of... Uh, encounters with moose too, right? I, I had one, yes, actually. Uh, I was pretty young at the time, but according to what my family had told me, I slept through when our car had hit a moose on the road oh. to our grandparents' place. Yeah, oh. no, it was, it, it was, uh, it was something that it was relayed to me after the fact when we got there, but apparently we had full-on side collision this moose onto the windshield. Uh, I don't think any of its legs wow. were broken, but they. Uh, my dad told me that he got out and checked afterwards, and it, it had gotten up. Huh. It was a it was a big one. It was a it was a male. Mm -hmm. uh, the car was re remarkably undented or damaged, so I think we got really lucky. With <laughs> it's that unbelievable. One, they, they they weigh quite a lot. Oh uh, gosh, yeah. When you told me this, I thought you were going to tell me that you told your car. That's not bad. No. I can't believe it. You must not have been going too fast. <laughs> no, I mean we were also in an S SUV, so it wasn't like yeah. a small car. But okay. no, there must have been. It was nighttime, so. Yeah. Well, great. <laughs> and we weren't going that fast. I don't think. Good. Well, so the and by the way, there's been a big. Um, sort of a swell among our podcast viewers here that wanted to get to know what Colin Burkhart sounds like. And now you're, you're doing that. And we're going we're gonna to bring him in on another story, too. So everyone has a bear story, right? 
So I'll tell you too, that both happened to me when I was counting bull trout, reds, or nests in Glacier National Park. And I was counting them alone, which you really shouldn't do. But what you do is you count these nests that these bull trout make by digging in the gravel when they come up from Flathead Lake. So you get an idea of how many bull trout each year come up from Flathead Lake. So on the first one, I was walking along. I had already counted Coal Creek, not, not Coal Creek in the North Fork, but in the Middle Fork. And I'm coming down the trail, and I come around a bend, and here's this massive male grizzly bear. Stand, stands up and looks right over at me. I'm thinking, oh, I'm toast. You know, I'm looking around for a tree. I get my grabbing for my bear spray. And it just got down on its front paws too and just swung around and it just ran right straight away from me down the trail that I was going to have to follow it down. It sounded just like a, a bull cow, you know, cut a lump, cut a lump, cut a lump. It was that heavy. It was probably, I'll bet it was a 500, 600 pound bear. So I thought, oh boy, I got to follow this bear down and get back to the, the trail, which you go down to the middle fork and then you have to cross it and then go up the other side. And so we went, I followed along and I looked, seeing his tracks and it take the tail, trail took a big bend to the left and I said, all right, I'm just going right straight down this ridge and getting out of here. And so I, I just jogged right straight down the ridge, got to the river across and got out of that one. So that bear did the right thing. Yeah, that you, one did the right thing. You usually don't see bears <laughs> running away from that, from that, from uh from the hikers, you know? Well, you, you can't. They you do actually stand their ground, I thought. Not necessarily. Most bears that you run into run away. I mean, that's been my experience. But I mean, I if know they you're didn't. supposed to stand your ground because yeah. they'll chase you. But. You just never know. But, you know, <laughs> if, if bears often chased hikers, we'd have a lot more bear encounters than we have. Usually you don't even see them, you know. But if you do, they, they usually do the right thing and run. And so the next bear story I had is uh, I just picked two. This was also in Glacier Park. This was in Oli Creek. Now, Oli Creek, I counted for the first time in 1980. I was the first one to count the reds, and we've since then we've counted them, you know, 40 times. Oli Creek, uh, the uh, biologist in Glacier National Park, his technician the year before had been mauled up by Oli Lake. Oh, so I was really kind of, you know, worried about Oli Creek. And this didn't happen that same year, but uh, in a, f- a few years after that, I was counting bull trout reds down, down the creek. I was up on the trail again and walking out towards Walton uh, Guard Station, so I had already counted the reds. And I came around a bend again, the old bend, you know. And there was a, a young, looked like a young male grizzly to me. And it was feeding on huckleberries along the trail. Not a cub. No, no. It was probably like a two and a half, three and a half year old, you know. But it was fairly small. And so <clears throat> the first thing I did just, just instinctively is I pulled my pepper spray out of my Fish, Wolf, and Parks coat. I always keep it right in my pocket. And I found myself, without even thinking, aiming that pepper spray right at this bear. So the bear swung around jumped down onto the trail because it was up on the side hill and just headed right straight at me. Oh. I thought, oh, my gosh, and I had the pepper spray up. And it, it, it hit the trail, it ran straight at me, and then right kind of not at the last minute, but I'd say when it was within 10, 15 yards of me, it just bailed off the side of the bank and right down into Ole Creek, across the creek, and up, like it was scared to death of me, you know, <laughs> and up the other side. So I didn't have to spray it. But, and I always wondered, was it charging me at first or was it just – um, Playing a game of chicken. Yeah, or yeah, maybe <laughs> that. Or was it just, you know, it wanted to get past me and get down into the creek and I was standing in its way. Mm-hmm. So I don't know about that, but I know we all bear stories, so I thought I'd fruit, uh, throw a few in. Now, this next story, some, some of you may uh, chuckle a bit at this or laugh at me, but includes two ruffed grouse stories. And the first one, my sons and I, when they were young, we were into the Great Bear Wilderness and walking along Spruce Park. And this female rough grouse came out from the side of the trail and just started, you know, making all kinds of noise and, and, and kind of, chop, you know, scratching away at our feet and all that. I thought, oh my gosh, you know, I don't want to get scratched. I got shorts on, you know. And so we kind of backed off and it came at us again. So I took my fly rod, which I was carrying, and I 
pushed it. I just kind of flipped the, the grouse off the trail. It's not like you could flip a bear off the trail. So I flipped that grouse off the trail and it came back on the trail again. And I flipped it off the trail again and we walked by it. But, and people laugh at me about it. But this spring I had another one where I was walking. I had climbed a uh, broken leg mountain in the swan and I was coming down the trail. And I was down in the lower part of the trail, not too far from my car. And this, this rough grouse came flying out at me from the, the brush on the side of the trail like out of nowhere it came and it was really mean and mad it, it kind of arched its wings and it just kind of stomped back and forth and made the really loud noises like rah, rah, rah. it wasn't didn't sound like a, a, a chicken clucking it sounded like it was aggressive like a small dog yeah it, <laughs> it just scared the living bejeepers out yeah, of me I mean, and so i haven't had any grouse encounters myself but i always thought that they were pretty uh, small and unthreatening <laughs> see you're gonna make fun of me just like everybody <laughs> else does <laughs> but uh but anyway um so then i thought i backed off and i got away and i thought oh i gotta get a picture of this and i so i got my cell phone out and by the time i took the picture it was it, it said it must have said to itself you know metaphorically hmm this 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 thing's big i don't think i'll take it on <laughs> so it was just clucking and it ran over into the woods but i was just amazed at the the uh, i guess the uh the viciousness of the, and it, it charged me repeatedly and this is a rough grouse so yeah i mean it makes me feel a little bit like a sissy but i didn't want to get again i was wearing shorts yeah. i didn't really want to get scratched by an animal you know or pecked or whatever oh yeah but uh, it can happen and they can be uh, they can be quite aggressive and so my last uh, story that i'm going to share has to do with a pine martin and pine martin are weasel family members very vicious they sound like a when they, they growl and they sound like bigger than they are. They almost sound like a wolverine. So I had I had taken an elk up at uh, below uh, a mountain in, around Hungry Horse Reservoir, and I was I had to about three trips to pack it out on my back, you know, over a day a day period. And I packed out the first quarter, came back in that after evening, uh, or maybe it was the next morning probably, to get get the second one. And this pine martin, if you don't know what it is, they're about a three or four pound animal, and they they look kind of like a mink, but they're bigger, and they're a weasel, so they're very vicious. It had set itself up in this tree right above my elk that I had where it had pieces hanging, and it considered that it was its elk, not my elk. <laughs> and so I go over towards the corner and go, rah, 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 and just charge down the tree at me. I thought, my gosh, you know, this Martin thinks this elk is its own, you know. So I did eventually, <clears throat> obviously I packed that because they're not going to, if you're, if you keep your wits about you, it probably couldn't, it can't hurt you. But it's, you know, it's set up to, to, to kill the smaller things. And so that, that thing just took possession. And then my final story is, so I'm walking up the Big River Trail going towards Spruce Park. And it's, there's a light coating of snow on the, on the trail. And I come around a bend, again, around a bend. <laughs> and this bend. snowshoe rabbit, always a bend, this snowshoe rabbit comes flying at me and it runs right between my legs, I swear. <laughs> I thought, what's going on? And I look up, and here's this pine martin right on his tail, <laughs> chasing it, trying to catch it. Pine martin saw me and just kind of slid like, put on the brakes, and jumped up in this little snag that was only about six feet, a broken off tree, and it was going, ah, 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 you know, at me. <laughs> Again, I cheated it out of its, uh, out of its food, but I felt like I saved the rabbit's life. You know? uh, and I always thought rabbit would be more something that a, that a martin would go for than, than an elk. So when one tries to claim an elk, it seems right. almost like it's bit off more than it can chew, even if the elk is already downed. Yeah, you can understand the rat, the, the snowshoe hair makes sense. But yeah, that elk, you know, it was a carcass to that, that Martin. So, well, that's all the stories I have for you today. And thanks a lot for joining us, Colin. All the folks well, out there who finally hear you. And that's all the time we have today for this segment of the Nature Journal. Thanks for joining us. And please watch the library page and website for more shows as they are posted. Also, feel free to send us questions or ideas. 
I'm John Fraley, and I'll see you next time. Thank you.